Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podiman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Podbean again, Stitcher, Double Twist, so great to have you back on board with me once again today. It's a great pleasure to be talking hockey yet again, another cloudy day in the Twin Cities. But things looking bright for the Timberwolves and the Minnesota Wild. Timberwolves make the playoffs. <laughs> I'm talking about the Timberwolves now, aren't I? But we got the Minnesota Wild as well. Looking absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Uh, at least these past few games, getting five out of six points. Basically going 2-0-1. and one. And yes, the Timberwolves thing was kind of a slip of the tongue, but ah, oh, what the heck. You know, why not enjoy positivity? Why not share? Let's be in a sharing mode, okay? Both teams are doing well. Things looking great. Minnesota Wild have a tough schedule coming up, though. It could be could be quite tough. Hopefully we can get, at least get four out of the possible eight points. That would get us to, the, to 100 points, us being the Minnesota Wild anyway. Nice week for Fiala. Kaprizov continues to add the numbers and such. Yes, it's Wednesday again. Yes, I'm doing the podcast on Wednesday yet again. The car was in the shop, and it's been in the shop since last Monday. Um, the whole short-staffed bit that all of us are hearing about every 10 seconds of our lives these days, yeah, need I say more. Uh, it's not like the car was in like the worst condition in the history of the planet. It's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long, long, long saga. And so I'm anticipating the car is going to be ready tomorrow, and I, that means that there's no way I can do Brave the Wild in that situation. I want to get the car back before going to work, that type of thing. So doing the show on Wednesday, sorry for my boring life story conversation, but had to bring that up. Kirill Kaprizov is the first Minnesota Wild player to reach the 90-point threshold. Hopefully 100 is right around the corner. He's at 42 goals, Kirill Kaprizov, 42, tied with Eric Stahl for the all-time record for the Minnesota Wild, 49 assists, Matt Zuccarello at 50. 50. Matt Zuccarillo is the king of assists, and he's got a career high of 72 points. Kevin Fiala, career high of 65 with multiple goals last night versus the Oilers. A very good week for Fiala. 
Zuccarello, Hardman, all of them. Ryan Hardman's now at 29 goals on the season. He had that long stretch of quietness, and yet now he's right back at it again. Looks like he's going to have a 60-plus point season. Ryan Hartman looking more and more like the positive end of that whole Dave Gagne conversation. For those of you that might not be in the know of that, maybe you're just jumping on the show for the first couple times or so. About a month or so ago, I talked about how, and this was brought up on other, other shows, like I believe Judd Zolgad brought this up, where Minnesota North Stars traded for a guy who was taken in the first round that hadn't done a whole lot with the New York Rangers, Dave Gagne. He was, he was a first-round pick for the New York Rangers, hadn't done a whole lot. In fact, the numbers were like tiny, like teens, basically teens in points, not, not goals, points for the New York Rangers. Came to the Minnesota North Stars, and within a year or two, all of a sudden, he became a top-six kind of player. And could that be happening with Ryan Hartman? Sure looks like it. 29 goals. Looks like a natural goal scorer. In fact, his 29th goal was about as pretty and cool as I've seen. Uh, beautiful. Looks like a 30-goal guy for Minnesota. Really freaking exciting, to say the least. Three games to review, four games to preview. Let's get at it. Not as much topical on today's show, more like looking at the games and such. They'll, of course, topics will just kind of come and go during the course of the game reviews. 4-3 win last Friday. 4-3 loss, pardon me, last Friday versus the St. Louis Blues. Kind of a tale of you're ahead and you blow it. And then you're way behind versus the LA Kings and you come roaring back. The furious rallies were real. It wasn't just BSing around and all that. Versus the Kings where obviously Judd Zolgad and such like to make fun of the whole furious rallies where the Wild would be down 4-1 to one or something and come roaring back and then, and then lose and then lose against the Dallas Stars. Games like that a few years back in the Suter and Parisi era. Yep, things looked so positive. Wild were playing real nice versus St. Louis even though they scored very, very early in the game on the power play. Penalty kill sucks again. The, the power play sucked and the penalty kill sucked. <laughs> You'd like to hear from uh, Dean Everson. <laughs> I just love hearing that. This sucked, and that sucked. And that includes our power play sucked, and our goal scoring sucked. Well, yeah, uh, kind of. At least the penalty kill did on this one. It was pretty early, pretty early and all that. And then Kevin Fiala was able to pull one in from Tyson Jost, his line mate at the time, because no Matt Boldy, boy, he would return with a, with a bang versus the LA Kings. Pretty damn cool. But Tyson Jost, 11th assist on the year. Very nice. And then Kirill Kaprizov picking up a, a mistake, a turnover by the St. Louis Blues for his 41st goal of the season. Jacob Middleton has been jumping up a bit more because he has a defense and he can count on. Whereas if he tries to jump up on his previous team, talk about this on other shows and such, and it makes sense, and you're watching and you see the same thing, um... Jacob Middleton, if he were to jump up when he was on the Sharks, there'd be nobody there, where Jared Spurgeon's always there with him. It's just a whole different vibe here, where Jacob Middleton actually has a tiny bit of offensive capability. You'd think he's just kind of a big, strong, stalwart defenseman, but there's a little bit more to him than that, and, and it's it's showing. Uh, able to get his fourth goal of the season. Yeah, his fourth goal, you get that. But he put the Wild up 3-1. to one. You're feeling good, but of course... Two-goal lead is the most dangerous lead in hockey. Maybe it was the most dangerous. Maybe three goals was the most dangerous versus the Kings. But it is what it is. I also should note I'm not feeling my best. I don't know. It's like, what the heck? It get better, and then something else pops up. It's just, ugh, I'm getting, getting sick of being sick. It's ridiculous. But uh, I'll get back to where I need to be. That might be where I feel a little bit disoriented right now, so my apologies about that. It, 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 it The show must go on. You know, I'm not like... I'm not on my deathbed. I'm not that sick. Just ugh, not feeling my best. Um, again, though, 3-1 to one lead for Minnesota. 
it felt good. You're like, we're finally going to beat the Blues. You know, we've struggled against this team last year in that eight-game series where the series started late in the season, and then the Blues just thrashed us and thrashed us, and it was so frustrating. And it's like, great. Just imagine if we had to play these guys in the first round. It'd be like four to zero. Like, no doubt. It was like six to two, six to one, five to one. Like, this sucks. This is dumb. Seven to one, seven to three. Come on, man. Get your heads out of your ass. <laughs> and then this one looked like we're feeling all better. And then Justin Falk just kind of simply puts the puck on that. And Talbot misses. I couldn't believe it. And nor could anybody else. I couldn't believe it. And then Braden Shen does a little shimmy around a few guys and then puts it in the net, puts it in. 21st goal of the season. It just looked too easy. Braden Shen, just a little shimmy around the wild defenders, puts the puck in. I just, like, really, man. So that was really frustrating. That was within about a six-minute uh, period there. Tie game midway through the third. And then overtime, I'm not sure what the hell this was. Uh, Kevin Fiala was behaving like we were on 5-5 five and five in, like, the second period or something. Kind of nonchalantly, okay, he's got the puck. Yeah, he's got the puck. You know, came up from behind the net. Oh, crap, it's three on three. Oh, what am I doing? And then Alex Goligoski just kind of, I don't know, just didn't get up on the guy. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, of course, is the guy. Vladimir Tarasenko didn't get up on him. Didn't poke the, didn't do any poke check. Just kind of was just, I don't know. It just felt like there was nothing there. And then a nice pass by Vlad, Vlad bad Vlad, or whatever you want to call him. There's a lot of Vladimir's out there. Vladimir Guerrero, Vladimir Tarasenko, and there's another one too, but uh, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> He's, you've, surely you've heard of him. Made all the papers. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Robert Thomas, uh, basically Goudreau, Frederick Goudreau just left out to dry. Definitely not his fault. This is Fiala and Galagasi. Come on, Fiala, what are you doing? Um, Fiala on the ice in overtime? I understand. Galagoski because of his skating, but everything else, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a big Kaligoski fan lately. It's his skating, obviously, is what it is. And thank God for that. Obviously, you need good skating out there. Frederick Goudreau is an intangibles guy. Obviously, again, somebody who's trusted within the organization. Organization. And, of course, play, was many, uh, played many years in minor league hockey. You know, cooking in the system, so to speak, with the Milwaukee Admirals. And Coach Dean Evans in there. It is what it is. And that's why we're not seeing Kalen Addison. He's still, you know, the just the needle hasn't popped out yet, Okay. Okay, that's why we don't see Kaylin Addison, okay, because the needle hasn't popped up yet. Well, doggone it, when is it going to pop? Is the needle broken? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, luckily, Addison's still super young, and of course, the numbers have been popping up. But Robert Thomas able to finish and beat Talbot, and it's just like, oh, man, we, we had these guys. We had them, and then we just didn't. I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on. Luckily, that was the only loss, and, and we got a point out of it, so okay, good. I might be hitting the pause button quite a bit today because of uh, the cough keeps popping up. So apologies there. Be ready for that. The old equal, the old sideways equal, equal button, which is a nice little dumb button for coughs. Yeah. Los Angeles Kings come to town on April the 10th. Somehow, someway, the Wild went 6-3 to three in this one after getting our butts handed to us in the first period until we started scoring goals in the first period. We looked like garbage. We looked like crap. Guys named Rasmus Kapari, Carl Granstrom, and oh, oh, and Adrian Kempe. I can understand that one. Yeah, 30, 32, 32 goals in the year, and again, beaten on the power play there. Penalty kill, anyway. Their power play, not ours. Um, the Wild just looked nonchalant, looked like crap. Dean Everson was furious. It was irritating. 
and you just felt like, man, we're getting killed by the Kings. Kings are definitely better this year. There's no doubt about it. And they've been a tough matchup for us pretty much forever. Pretty much forever. Occasionally we do well, especially when Darcy Kemper was our goalie. He just had some really nice games. And it's funny, look at Kempe. You know, you think of Kemper. Yeah, I don't know. And he even got signed by the Kemp, uh, the LA Kings right after he was uh, left, like let go by Minnesota. Just like not re-signed. This and that. Not extended an offer and all that. Um, and... <laughs> He had some good moments for us against the Kings. And then uh, other than that, it was a major frustration. Even when uh, Jonathan Quick would have his terrible few seasons, he finally got better again this, this year, basically. And Carl Peterson's been good. Um, generally speaking, though, yeah, we'd struggled against the Kings. Figure, well, here we go again. Another crappy Sunday afternoon game. It's like, seriously, another one of these. These Sunday afternoon games getting your butt tanned to you. This is dumb every damn time. I hate these Sunday afternoon games. Let me enjoy my weather. Maybe play the game at like 7, 8 o'clock. So, you know, it's a little darker out so we could, you know, chill then rather than be bored to death around 7, 8 o'clock because nothing's on, you know? Because <laughs> the Wolves and Bulls game wasn't exactly fun to watch. Not until the last second or last quarter, final quarter or whatever. Um, yeah. Well, luckily Minnesota finally woke up a little bit after uh, this and that. Uh, the most frustrating part, too, was the shorthanded goal very early. You thought, oh, we're going to be fine. Wow, we're on the power play early. And then Kapari scores his fifth goal of the year. And it's just like, that was kind of the indicator, early indicator, like, this is going to be a bad game. Really bad. And then again, the goal by Grundstrom, Erdin Kempe. I mean, yeah, Bob. Zuccarillo was tripped by Peterson. You thought, oh, wow, the goalie's getting the penalty. Now we're going to get rolling. And it went the other way. Sorry for my back and forth babbling there. But then all of a sudden, the Wild come roaring back. Here's your furious rally. <laughs> Kirill Kaprizov finishes very quickly on a nice little nifty boldy pass. Really cool seeing those guys play together. It's exciting. It's nice to have that kind of option and such, and the Wild closing in on the power play there. Great job. Next thing you know, Boldy's finishing from Fiala. That felt like a million bucks at Boldy multi-point game. Welcome back, Matt Boldy. I, you know, the upper body injury. So, so nice to see him back. And makes you wonder how many points this young man would have this year if not for the broken ankle and the multiple, like, shorter-term injuries this season. He had, what, two short-term injuries, and he had that long-term injury at the beginning and then had to spend time in Iowa. You know, let him cook, guys. Let him cook now. you got to wait for the needle to pop out. That needle exploded out because <laughs> Matt Boldy was more than a point a game in Iowa. And it was a, a joy. You know, him and... uh Marco Rossi working together out there, yeah, down there in Iowa. It's a beautiful thing. And Boldy hasn't really lost a step here in Minnesota versus Iowa. It's it's so exciting when you see a guy go from basically a point-to-game player in the in college to the AHL to the NHL. Just boom, boom, boom. You know, and it's like it's such a wonderful feeling because there's so many players they don't translate uh, right away, and sometimes they don't translate at all, and it's like such a bummer. Like you have, you know, Sam Honest, guys like that. Translated nicely to the AHL. And then NHL is just, just not there. He's, he's a quad A type of guy. So it is what it is. Boldy's absolutely not a quad A guy. We all know how plenty of first round picks end up not amounting to a whole lot. Where others end up being wonderful. But absolutely great. How Matt Boldy's been. Um, he looks like a 60, 70 point guy already. And he's just getting started. Just getting started. It's a wonderful, wonderful feeling. Jared Spurgeon was able to get his seventh. Zuccarillo on a great play as well. 
Uh, <laughs> that was awesome from Ryan Hartman. Marcus Foligno deflecting the shot from Jordy Ben, and then Nick Bukestad scoring on a, uh, deflecting the shot. Well, not deflecting, getting the rebound from Jacob Middleton. The Wild would score six consecutive goals, which is absolutely nuts. You could just see the look on Peterson's face as things just continue to develop. Just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, how is this happening? We were doing so well, and now we're getting steamrolled. <laughs> and that's pretty much what the vibe was for poor Carl Peterson. Uh, it looked like Jordy Bennett scored on, on his shot, but of course, again, Marcus Foligno with a nice deflection, and that was great. The funny part was when Nick Bukestad was able to get his sixth goal of the year, felt good for him as he'd spent a bit snake bit with injuries and such. I mean, the, the, the injury he had where he missed, like, what, like a month plus was, again, Zuccarello angrily swinging his stick in practice. Like, you know, the frustration where you're just slamming your stick down, he apparently hit Bukestad and broke his finger. Oh, God. Yeah, an inadvertent type of thing. And a guy like Bukestad, who's trying to hang on in the NHL, I can't imagine how sad, sad and frustrated he was at that moment. Like, you've got to be kidding. How could this happen? You know, I <laughs> can't even imagine. But again, sixth goal of the season. Good for him. Uh, and But no, the funny thing that happened is how both <laughs> how DeHame and Lemieux just went at it immediately. Brendan Lemieux. It was instantaneous. They just dropped the gloves. It's like there wasn't even a goal celebration. It was just like, all right, well, Bukestad scored. Cool. <laughs> well, let's, let's see. What they, yeah, and the fight just went absolutely crazy. And it kept going. Lemieux was like, no, no. And the refs tried to pull them apart. He just said no. He wanted to keep going. Um, it was entertaining to watch. No doubt about that. Uh, <laughs> um, Brandon DeHame, uh, I, mean, I, I, I hope there's more offensive capability there at some point. So far, he looks a little stumbly and bumbly out there on the offensive side of the puck. Uh, uh, but, well, he, he he plays a solid defensive game, generally speaking. Um, and i got to think he's going to continue to develop and at least get to 20 points, 30 points at some point. Yeah, but he's definitely bottom six. Uh, he can be quite a fighter at times. Uh, it looked like him and Lemieux had been kind of, uh, you know, their frustrations had been boiling over and it finally just literally did. And it was funny to watch. Right as a goal was scored, they just, like, because uh, uh, DeHaim basically checked him from behind, you know, pushed him with a stick, basically cross-checked from behind, and then things escalated quickly, as they like to say in the comedy world. That escalated quickly. Yeah, sure did. Enough of my babble. Let's get back to where we need to be. With the Edmonton Oilers game, absolutely fun. The Wilds sweep the Edmonton Oilers for the season, get the brooms out. When the Oilers are good, the Wild kill the Oilers. When the Oilers suck, the Oilers kill the Wild. Go figure. That's just how it is. The, the Oilers have been red hot this year. Well, not this year, but lately. They're, they're good this year. They're in the playoffs. They're going to make it. What are they, second place in the Pacific? Yeah, I mean, they're well They're well over 500. They're 16 games above 500. They're six uh, overtime slash shootout losses and all that cute stuff. They're having a good season. And their arch-rival Calgary Flames are the only team ahead of them in the Pacific Division. It's kind of like the 1980s again. Flames and Oilers, and I love it. I love it, I love it, and, and the early 90s. Oh, yes, I'll take 80s and early 90s any day for anything. <laughs> I just uh, I, There's a reason why I love the Flames and the Oilers. It goes back to those days. Um, it's just classic. Uh, have you heard of the 80s Oilers, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> That's a saying I've brought up a million times. Uh... The Wild recently, I mean, they picked up where they left off from that six-goal run with the LA Kings. They wind up with 11 consecutive goals, dating back to the first goal in, in Los, uh, versus Los Angeles 
by Kirill Kaprizov. 11 consecutive goals, and how fitting was it that, well, the first of the five by Minnesota was Frederick Goudreau's 11th of the season. That didn't make any sense, but it works. Kevin Fiala was able to get multiple goals in the game. Nifty pass by Boldy, and then Fiala able to get the turnover and finish on the 26th goal, his 26th goal, multi-goal here. Uh, again, making up for the crappy moment versus the St. Louis Blues. I thought he had a wonderful week, generally speaking. Just that crappy play at the end of the day. Kirill Kaprizov would get multiple assists. And Ryan Hartman's 29th goal of the year was, uh, I, I just, uh, the balance on the play. The unbelievable balance as he was able to recover Jordy Ben's shot, the, 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 the rebound and all that on, on the puck. And the incredible balance by Ryan Hartman as he was releasing the puck and falling over, making a great play. Kind of looked like, I don't know, I, should I say it? Kind of like Brett Hull, how he'd go down sometimes uh, on uh, releasing the puck. Kind of like that, in a sense. Kind of like Brett Hull. I'm not comparing Ryan Hartman to Brett Hull. I know anybody might be like, yeah, okay, that's stupid as hell, Joey. What are you talking about? He looked. It, it was a great play. It was a great play. It looked like a guy that has 35, 40 goals. He looked like that kind of guy. And, well, he's pretty close. He's got 29 already. It's going to be a great season for Ryan Harmon. He might be 35 goals by the end of the season. Kaprizov might get to 50 the way he's been. And it's just been an absolute pleasure. 100 points for Kaprizov is right around the corner. And not a soul is disappointed about it. Uh, absolutely fun night versus the Edmonton Oilers. You just hope that it. Uh, you just hope that this doesn't end in a in a thud here, with some very very tough games coming up, at the end of the day. Uh, for me, as I'm kind of pulling something up here, kind of on the fly, thought I had it ready to go, but I didn't. For me, the Mike O'Donnell Award winner for this week, I'm going to give it to Kevin Fiala. He generally was good. He had that crappy moment versus St. Louis, but I think he'll survive it, generally speaking. I feel, you know, feel fine about it right now. Generally, I thought he played a great week. He could have had a hat-trick easily versus Edmonton. He could have had multiple goals versus the Los Angeles Kings. Could have had multiple goals versus the St. Louis Blues. It's just, it is what it is. Um, great week by Kevin Fiala, in my opinion. James Shepard Memorial. Where do you go in this one? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, Alex Goligoski. The scoring's not there. He's just kind of, I don't know, he just doesn't seem with it out there half of the time. It's frustrating. It is what it is. And I don't know. I mean, nobody else really stands out as somebody that I really want to give it to. You certainly can't complain about the goal standing anymore. I mean, it's been great. And this rotation back and forth and back and forth, I think it's wonderful. I think it's absolutely wonderful. Keep doing it. You never you never have to complain and cry about, oh boy, we're overusing this guy and underusing that guy, overusing this guy and underusing that guy. It's a perfect balance. It's it's like a perfect marriage, and it's just wonderful. Kirill Kaprizov is now at 104 points pro projected, projected on the season. He's projected to get to 48. So if he's on the current pace, he would not get to 50. We'll see if he's able to get past that because he only had, he had two assists versus Edmonton. He didn't score. That's bullcrap, Corral. Come on, man. He didn't score. That's that's horrible. Okay, sorry. Matthew Zuccarello was he on pace for eighty? He he must be eighty-two. Man, on pace for eighty-two points in only seventy-three games. What a great season. Zuccarello has always been a good player. His first year with Minnesota, not so much. Looked like an overpaid meh player who was, uh, you know, past his prime, and it turned out his wrist was still messed up. You know, it needed, it needed to be 
fixed. It needed to be uh, fixed up. I can relate to that, you know, with the, with the wrist injury and such. And, have, you know, his, his talent is directing the puck the way he does. He needs his wrist to have full motion and he'll, uh, to be healthy and strong to be as effective as he was. Again, remember, he blocked a shot. was his first game with the Dallas Stars and broke his wrist immediately. The puck just went right into it. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You're blocking a you're blocking a shot with your wrist. Right. What, what's next? Your eyeball? I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> My forehead. <laughs> no, okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But no, he's on pace for 82 points, 30 goals, 40. Uh, what am I looking at? This is uh, this is Kevin Fiala. What am I talking about? Kevin Fiala. Yep. 74 points with 30 goals, 44 assists. I'm curious with... Uh, Ryan Hartman, that's the one I'm curious about. What's he projected for? 33? Well, okay. 64 points. Looks a lot like... Get the heck out of here. No good. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I hate that. 64 points. Yeah, looks like... Uh, looks Obviously, different game than Dave Gagne, but similar position, obviously. Plays the center position. And a similar story, in a sense. Probably not as good as Dave Gagne, though you never know. Maybe he'll get even better. It's been wonderful. Um... That's ironic, though. As I'm ripping on Alex Goligoski, he's a plus 40 on the season. That's a remarkable stat. <laughs> and he does have 29 points. So I'm not trying to hate on him. And the first half of the season, Alex Goligoski looked like a bargain. Well, maybe not a bargain, but especially at $2 million a year, he'd be an absolute insane bargain if he, when he's at $2 million, if he was playing as well as he was at the beginning of the season. Maybe he'll pick it up again next year. I hope so. I hope so. Um... But he looked worth every penny, we'll say, at the five million, and that's partially why he's still a plus forty. And of course, a lot of times he's been out there with the best line and such. When you have Kaprizov, Zuccarello in front of you, scoring all those goals and setting each other up, and Hartman finishing on some of them as well when he's able to grab the cup of coffee, like in the commercial. That's why he's a plus twenty nine on the year. Ryan Hartman, um, second on the team, by the way. Uh, so. I, I guess that's how it works at the end of the day. Matt Dumba, the good news is, again, you've probably heard this a hundred times before I'm saying it, but what the hell, I'll say it anyway. Looks like it's not as bad as they uh, were originally fearing. Um, probably separated shoulder, but not as severe as they are originally fearing. So, again, no broken no broken collarbone, nothing like that. Broken collarbone, I mean, it's been it's been nice. You know, maybe we'll see you in the second or third round or something. <laughs> Yay. Um, that would really suck. But it looks like he'll be back for the playoffs. That's the talk. So, cool. Nice to have Matt Dumba back in the fray at some point this season. Uh, unfortunately, the, the dumb bomb hasn't been what it was in the past. Only seven goals in the season. It's more pre- it, it became predictable, unfortunately. I think that's a big part of it. And that's where he's been a little bit frustrated and not as good. Um, but I think I've summed up what I need to. We'll wrap this segment up and come back and preview four games and talk a bit about the prospects and the NC that that too. preview better giddy up immediately and talk about the that that turn I, I, I know you want to talk about it screw that the the frozen bleep the bleep and bleep bleep yeah that just wonderful another yeah we got two minnesota teams in there yahoo of course we didn't uh, of course neither team won of course not 
Yeah, yay, Denver won again. Isn't that great? Okay, there I go, ruining it. Who, whatever. <laughs> okay, we play the Dallas Stars on April 14th. That is tomorrow. Happy 32nd birthday, Chloe, the former cat, who has been long gone, long lost. She In cat years, she'd be old enough to be the daughter of a Civil War veteran. <laughs> okay, sorry. Minnesota Wild 5th in goals. Dallas Stars 21st. Dallas Stars, of course, Ryan Suter. We're happy for him. Woohoo. Uh, goals against 16th and 15th. Minnesota 16th, Dallas 15th. Good goaltending in Dallas, actually. Um, let's get back to where we need to be. Power play, the Wilds 19th. Dallas is 12th. Penalty kill, 25th. Minnesota 17th, Dallas. So kind of mediocre in every stat except the fact they stay out of the box. They're the best team in the NHL with only 510 penalty minutes. Good for them, them being Dallas. Dallas Stars lead the series 2-1. to one. Can the Minnesota Wilds finish it in a tie, or do the Dallas Stars clinch the series? Unfortunately, this one's in Dallas. Minnesota beat Dallas 7-2 to earlier in the season. Fun night. And then 7-4, returned the favor by Dallas in 6-3 more recently. Ugh, couple of butt whooping. 13-7. Yay, we got our butts handed to us. That sucks. Hopefully Minnesota can overcome that. Let's return the favor and take one in, in their house, just like they beat us 6-3 most recently. Dallas Stars are 3-2 and two in their last five. They beat the Islanders 3-2 on April the 5th, then lost to Toronto 4-3 on the 7th. Lost to New Jersey 3-1 on April the 9th, just like the 2000 Cup Final. Boo. Finals. I like that better. Beat Chicago. Yep. Beat Chicago Flurry's Club, then a former arch rival for the North Stars. 6-4 on April the 10th, and they shut out Tampa 1-0 on the 12th. Cool. Good job. Uh, <laughs> nicely done. Nicely done. Nice. Dallas Stars' leading scorer is a former name, Joe Pavelski, the former San Jose Shark. All, all, all he's done is lose in the Cup Final. Poor guy. Uh, had a couple of great playoff runs with the Sharks, and then the Dallas Stars that ended up with not winning, running into a very, very good team in both cases. Pittsburgh Penguins and Tampa Bay Lightning, who both went back-to-back. Interestingly, Jason Robertson, the arch-rival for Kirill Kaprizov, at least for the Calder Trophy, 68 points on the season. Very productive year, but not on Kaprizov's level. So I think the right guy won it. As good as Jason Robertson is, wonderful future, good for him. 34 points, 34 assists. Love the balanced approach. And he is second on the team in plus-minus with 18-plus. Rope, 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 pardon me, Rope Hints is a plus-19 with 62 points on the season. Good job. Jamie, Jamie, Ben, and Stegen, the Ben-Stegen combination, have 90 points together, not each. 45-45. Definitely a down year, and they've played in all the games this year. I guess Ty Tyler Stegen's missed one game. One. That's it. Mm, they are having a down season, but, uh, well, Pavelski and Robertson and, and Hints are getting the job done, so good for them. They're taking a Hints. Take a Hints, Roop. Okay, I'm just kidding. Uh, great goaltending by Minnesota native Jake Ottinger, great job by him. Two and a half goals a game. Actually, he's getting a little worse. He's dropped off a bit. His goals against average was just over two earlier in the season. Wiley veteran and cup champion Braden Holtby, 2.78. I mean, you know, it's about what you expect from a backup. A nice veteran backup who's had a wonderful career. Uh, Anton Hudobin, third string in minor league and injured and this and that. Poor guy. And he helped the North Stars, no, Dallas Stars get to the cup finals, uh, finals uh, a couple years back now. He's dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, again, former Minnesota Wild prospect. Long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> no doubt about that. Far away galaxy. He played for the Wild once upon a time, and he was really good for us. 
where do I go with this? Where do I go with this? For the sake of time. Mm. Injuries real quick. Braden Holpe, lower body injury. That's why you might see a little bit of uh, um, Anton Hudobin, but I'm sure it's going to be Ottinger. Ben Bishop, of course. I don't know why they even list him anymore. He's retired now from that injury. He, he never came back. He's been out since the, since 1983. I always talk about that. Or was it 85? Sorry. So, a couple year difference there. Sorry. Um, Dallas Stars, fifth in the Central. Knocking on the door of the postseason. Great. You know, very good season. Very good. 42-27-4. They're, they're a tough team. They're tough. Ryan Suter, watch. What has he got? 30 points on the season. And... He's bleeding them in minutes on the ice, which is just freaking great. You know, that's wonderful. I just, yeah, wonderful memories there. Uh, 31 points. Um, gosh, I want to step out in faith and believe the Wild can tie this series up, finish it in a tie. I'm going to do that. I'm going to step out in faith and believe that. Oh, God. Hmm. Well, because I can't pick a win in every game either because I'm wanting to step out in faith on a different one. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. There's a certain other team I got a crappy feeling about, and it's those Madden games that suck. Minnesota Wild win 4-2 to versus the Dallas Stars. Most likely you had to score in the game. Let's go with Jared Spurgeon. I think Jared Spurgeon scores in the Wild win 4-2 to versus Dallas. Won't be 7 or anything crazy like that. St. Louis Blues, 2 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon on ABC. We know how these go way too often. Marco Scandella, illness. Tori Krug, he had a hand injury in mid-March, mid to late March. Mackenzie McKern, McEckern, sorry, Eckern, McEckern. Yep, beautiful name there. April the 8th, upper body injury, and he left the game in that case. St. Louis is fourth in goals to the Wilds' fifth. Ninth in goals against. Huso's been really good, by the way. Uh, they have the best shooting percentage in the league. The Wild have the second. That's kind of funny. They're fourth in the league in penalty minutes, as in least, which is really nice. Sixth best penalty kill. They have really, really, really good special teams in St. Louis, and that's what hurt us during the course of the season. Uh, third on the power play. Third. Third in the NHL. Over almost 26% there. Awesome. Awesome job there by St. Louis. The Blues are undefeated in their last five. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Blues won 6-4 earlier in the year. 4-3 overtime. At least the Wild got a point out of it. Mm. They beat Arizona 5-1 on April the 4th. 4-1 on the 6th versus Seattle. Beat the, the Wild 4-3 on the 8th. Beat the Islanders 6-1 on the 9th. Back-to-back butt whoopings there. 10-4 <laughs> when you combine those scores. And beat the Bruins just like they did in the Cup Final in Boston. On April the twelfth, ouch for the Brow for the Bruins, <laughs> four to two win for the Blues. You want to believe that the Wild can come out and get a win in this series, especially when, boy, this is an important game. Oh, this is an important game when we're talking about home ice advantage in the first round and such. Oh, this is important. Minnesota and St. Louis tied ninety six ninety six in points at the moment. Oh my God, it's so so it's scary. It's scary, man. Uh, that's funny how they have more points, or they have as many points as they have 10 OT losses. They've squeezed out more, you know, they've squeezed out more cheap points that way to get something out of it. Huso's been wonderful, absolutely wonderful. What is he at? 2.37 goals against with multiple shutouts in the season. Um, Jordan Bennington, he had that miracle run, but it looks like he was a one-year wonder. As Was it two years ago? 
2020, he was kind of up and down. Then it looked like there might be some magic again at the end of the year, and then nope. As the Blues always seem to step up at the very end of the year to make people nervous. Like, here they come again. Watch out. Watch out for the Blues. And then they died right away. And that happened last year as well. Not literally, figuratively. But Villajuso, 23-6 and six on the season. He's been a wonderful revelation for St. Louis. He's a big reason why they're really dangerous right now. 2.37 goals against average. Save percentage, 92-5. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. So watch out, David Pellon. 42 points in 59 games. Vlad, Vladimir Tarasenko staying healthy this year for the most part. 28 goals, 39 assists, 67 points on the season. Robert Thomas, 66 points. Jordan Crew, 65. So kind of a balanced attack. Pavel Bucevic, Bucevic, Bucevic sorry, <laughs> 62 points on the season in 64 games. Mm, it's a very, very balanced attack. Look how many guys have 20 goals and up. Oh. Six, apparently. Yep, Robert Thomas only has 18 goals, but he's got 48 assists. He's the, yeah, he's doing great. Doing great for them. Obviously, he's a top, top-line center. He's actually, he actually has a losing record in the face-off circle. A lot of the Blues centers do, except for Ryan O'Reilly. 8-12-6-21. He's the, he's the top-line center, really. He is. Robert Thomas, though, has actually been more productive. Uh, O'Reilly missed a couple games. Not really, though. No, he really didn't. Just a couple. Just the production isn't as much there. He's the top-line center, but Thomas is, like, second. Yeah, that's why uh, Riley has way more face-offs and all that, and he's won a lot of them. They are not good in the face-off circle. They're really not, and you got to hope that somehow the Wild can take advantage of that, but we're not good in the face-off circle either. So, uh, I want to believe this is a win. I really do. I really, 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 really want to believe this is a win. This is almost like... It's not a must-win, but it's a please-win this freaking game. It's one of those, a please win this freaking game, because home ice advantage in the first round would be really nice. I don't want to be a, the underdog, but I guess the Wild are funny that way. The Wild are funny that way. Uh, your favorite versus Colorado, or excuse me, your underdog versus Colorado, you beat them two times, and the one time you're favored, you have home ice, you lose. And your underdog versus St. Louis, so to speak, even though the Wild were kind of on a mission that year, we beat the Blues. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, we beat the Blues in six. Then we had a great season, absolutely great season. 16-17, Bruce Boudreaux's first year in Minnesota. And you get beaten five games. Five. Five games. Oof. By Mike Yo of all people, too. Because he, uh, yeah, it's just like, really? And, of course, uh, what was that Jake Allen? Yep, Jake Allen's miracle run in the wild, putting up a million shots, but they weren't really great shots. They were just putting the puck on net in a lot of ways, which uh, bolstered that number up. It was insanely frustrating. I don't know where to go with this one. I'm not picking the Wild to win. I just, I don't know. I don't like the way we play this club. Maybe we'll squeeze out a point, and I hope so. Um, or maybe we beat them in OT. Maybe we beat them in OT and they squeeze out a point. I think it's going to be 3-2. Three 3-2. To two. Three to two. Hopefully we get a point out of it. Hopefully maybe the Wild get lucky and win. Or not get lucky, but are they on the, on the winning side of things and get the job done? I shouldn't say you get lucky. I mean, you beat the Blues, you earned it, I believe. I don't think it's luck. I think both teams are good. But it's almost like a pick em in this game, but I'll pick the Blues if I have to pick somebody, unfortunately. Uh, San Jose Sharks, though, that's the good news. You get to play a Sharks team that hasn't been real good. Will Kakinen be a net? Probably not. I don't think the Sharks are using him a whole lot. I'm not sure what his future is going to be, the poor guy. Timo Mayer is absolutely their best player. He's been wonderful, other than, of course, uh, 
Brent Burns. They're 0 for 5 in their last 5. They're terrible right now. So please don't let yourself blow this one. Because that would be stupid if the Wild lose. This isn't the X. Is it a matinee? No, it's a Sunday, though. It's kind of a, it's a late afternoon game. Sharks, though, have lost all 5 of their last 5. 5-4 five to four losses versus Dallas. 2-1 to one versus Edmonton. 4-2 to two versus Calgary. 4-2 to two versus Vancouver. And one nothing loss versus Nashville. Interesting. Interesting. Minnesota lost to San Jose at the beginning of the year, earlier in the year anyway, 4-1, to 5-2 to two win, most recently in San Jose in the Shark Tank. I think the Wild win this one comfortably like 5-2 to two again. 5-2, to 5-3, to 4-1. It's going to be a multi-goal win for Minnesota. San Jose is 31st in the league in goals scored, 19th in goals against. They have the second best penalty kill in the NHL. Wow, so they have something to brag about. Wow, that's really good. Kind of like the Wild in the early days with Jacques Lemaire. Fantastic penalty kill. 23rd power play, not that great. Penalty minutes, they're 17th. They're kind of in the lower half. The Wild are 30th, by the way, in that category. I've tried to stay away from that conversation. Gojevic, upper body. John Leonard, undisclosed injury. On the, uh, those are both in April. And Aiden Hill, the former Arizona Coyote, March 14th, lower body injury. James Raymer's a respectable goalie. You know, two and a half goals a game. Well, a little more than that. 2.77. He has one shutout on the year. Aiden Hill actually has two shutouts. Good numbers for Aiden Hill this year. Actually, quite to be quite honest. Maybe he'll be back and playing again. We'll see. 2.66 goals against average with multiple shutouts. Pablo Kakinen's actually got a pretty solid save percentage for them so far. 91.3. I mean, it's it's not good, but it's right right where James Raymer is, basically. He's 0 for 3, though, and he's given up 3.5 goals a game. So, But at least the save percentage is high. He's just been getting his butt handed to him, unfortunately. Alex Daylock was in one game and got shelled. Six goals against and was pulled in that one. His goals against average almost eight because of the minutes and all that. Whew, he got absolutely shelled. Alex Daylock was in that. Former Shark, back with the Sharks again. Timo Mayer is an absolutely wonderful player. 70 points. 31 goals and 39 assists. Thomas Hurdle, 28 and 31 for 59 points. Logan Couture with 49 points. Brent Burns with 47. That's pretty low for Brent, as he, in the past, was up there with Roman Josie, like an 80-point type of guy. Well, Josie might get 100. He might be a Bobby Orr-like this year. He's having a Bobby Orr-like season, which is just insane. Nick Bonino, 20 points in only 70, or in 70 games. Only 20 points is what I'm trying to say. Um... And, of course, our favorite guy is long gone from there. He's in Seattle. Yeah, who cares? We'll talk about him some other time when he, if he plays again. <laughs> um, Wild should be able to win this comfortably. Just don't screw around. Don't blow this. you got to take care of business. Uh, the sucky part is you just played the Blues. Hopefully there's not too much energy used up. Hopefully guys come out of that game healthy enough. Healthy enough. They're not injured. This and that. I, I hate playing the Blues Ugh, at, at times. It's a, it's a messy game. <laughs> it's it's fun. It's fun in terms of the competition, but mm, it's it's a tough it's a tough matchup. Um, Wild win, hopefully comfortably here, like a five to two type of thing, five to two, four to two. Most likely guy to score versus the St. Louis Blues, which I failed to mention. Let's go with Fiala again versus the Sharks, Felino. Um, and let's move on against the Montreal Canadian to wrap things up here. Is it? Oh man. Had it ready, and I don't. My deep apologies here. This is up Tuesday the 19th. That's what I thought. It's in the Bell Center. It's in Montreal. Don't blow this, please. Jake Allen, groin, left the game in April the 9th. Justin Baron, April the 6th, ankle. 
Paul Byron, not Bunyan, but Byron, April the 6th, undisclosed. Injury, it's a mystery, guys. Unsolved mysteries. What happened to Paul Byron? Join me on Unsolved Mysteries. Okay, sorry. That's about what it is, though. I, I get a kick out of all that. Um, 31st in, in goals, 28th in goals, 4. 31st in goals against, pardon me. 31st power play, 27th penalty kill. Ooh, 28th penalty minutes. They're right behind us. Those were one of the worst. Shooting percentage sucks. There it says, suck, this sucks, it sucks, it sucks. Everything is 28th and worse. No, 27th, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. 27th and worse with Montreal. Minnesota went 8-2. to 8-2. to Kind of like it used to be back in the early 90s going the other direction as Montreal was real tough around that time. And I remember an 8 nothing loss to them. I remember it about 92, 90, 93 that year. Yeah, it was just awful. It was, uh, it was on the road, and they just... You know, they kicked the crap out of us. I believe Montreal Forum Canadiens are 2-3 and three in their last five, which is good for them lately. 5-4 <laughs> to four win versus Tampa. Wow. Okay. Nice revenge there. Sweet revenge. Mm. Wow. I'm just seeing something. Sorry. Sweet revenge there. 6-3 um, <laughs> to three loss to Ottawa. 7-4 to four victory versus New Jersey. 3-2 to two loss to Toronto. 4-2 to two loss the Winnipeg Jets, Jets, at the end of the day. Oh, I lost it. That's too bad. Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> I just saw something that I liked. I'm sorry. Um, Wild should be able to win this game. Bottom line, you don't win this game. You're screwing around. You're killing yourself. Just don't do that. Just don't do it. Kirill Kaprizov has multiple goals. Wild win 5-2 to two versus the Montreal Canadiens. What more is there to say? Let's move. Um. Uh, Oh, I had it up and I lost it. Let's talk about the Frozen Four, if humanly possible. Much as I don't really want to, but <laughs> uh, it sucks. I don't know. It just didn't end well, that's all. Denver was leading early. Michigan tied it up. They felt all good about themselves. Uh, and a lot of us kind of thought Michigan was going to be in the final. I was picking Gophers versus Michigan for an epic rematch of the Big Ten Championship. And hopefully, maybe, pray to God, the Gophers have a better showing than they did in the Big Ten Championship because Michigan beat us pretty handily in that game. Instead, the Montreal goalie flips the puck back to a, uh, to a uh, Denver forward who was able to finish immediately. I don't know if it was the uh, Michigan player wasn't ready for the puck or the Montreal goalie just wasn't, or Montreal, the uh, Michigan goalie wasn't aiming for the right place. I'm not sure what happened there, but it was a miscue. It was a mistake. Who cares whose fault it was? One way or another, the mistake happened. And Denver wins and goes to the championship game, which kind of gave me a, a sinking feeling like, not Denver again. Please not Denver again. I'm sick of Denver. Sick and tired of Denver. And then it's the Gophers, because now Denver has nine national championships. Nine. Um, Michigan has nine. Denver has nine. They're at the top of NCAA uh, excellence. Most of Michigan's, though, were way back in the 50s and 60s. A couple of Denvers were way back in that time. I believe they won multiple championships in the late 60s in a row, but uh, yeah, well, whatever it was, Denver's were way back in the day, a lot of them, and then they, but they still have won quite a few recently, it's more balanced out, where Michigan's were mostly way back in the day, just a few during my lifetime, about well, three for Michigan, um, mm, uh, and I'm 42, by the way, I'm not 12, I'm not 19, <laughs> so it's a long time ago, uh, Denver wins, though, of course, Govers play Minnesota State, you go up one nothing, and funny how this would be a reciprocal of what happened to Minnesota State in the final game. Govers are up one nothing, like wow, 
can, can we actually do this? We finally scored a goal against them, by the way, against Minnesota State Mankato. Sebastian Barton would have a field day on me on Twitter right after that. We'll talk about that in the fan interaction segment. Five to one, though. Yep, it was just once they tied it up, I was like, oh, great. Next thing you know, it's two to one, three to one, four to one, five one, and all was all was over. It was just all over. It was really sad. Sometimes that's just sometimes it's just not your year, and it just wasn't much to my chagrin, uh, and not a whole lot you can do. <laughs> it's, sometimes it's just not your year. Uh, and then Minnesota State. It looked like here we go. Minnesota State's going to finally win a national championship. Denver's good, but they're not they're not as good as Minnesota State, are they? You know, they were in the underdog versus Michigan. I mean, obviously a top four team in the country, top three team in the whole country, top three. Basically, the top three teams would be State, well, Michigan, Minnesota State, and Denver. And then the Gophers were fourth or fifth, depending on how you see that Western Michigan. Quite frankly, I see the Gophers as fourth, the way we handled Western, Mich- uh, Western Michigan. But incredible how both Minnesota and Michigan wound up with no national championship. The states of Minnesota and Michigan. As we had, what, three teams in? Uh, Michigan had three. They had Tech. There was no Michigan State, but Michigan Tech, Michigan themselves, and Western Michigan of all teams. Western Michigan. Then you had the Gophers. You had St. Cloud State. You had Minnesota State. So, um, I swear there was one more. I guess it's those three. Yeah, so it, it was those three. Yep, and Duluth. Duluth, of course. Duluth's always in the NCAA tournament. Four Minnesota teams. No national championship for Michigan over Minnesota. Minnesota State would score early. They'd get their first they'd get the first goal. Looked like they were going to shut down the uh, Denver Pioneers. No goals allowed. They have the best goalie in the country. He's, he's the Hobie Baker winner. He's going to be the next Ken Dryden. He's going to be the next Grant Fear. I don't know. He's going to be the next great goalie, whatever he is. He's going to be a college free agent, just like Ben Myers, who has not signed anywhere, nor is uh, uh, Dryden McKay either. Uh, we'll see what happens with that storyline. It's going to be fascinating. Unfortunately, neither one will be eligible for the postseason. That's just the rule. But they'll be eligible next year for everything. But it'd be nice to see. Maybe you could put him in the AHL and go on a playoff run there. Um, or just, yeah, skate here and then maybe go there. Who knows? It is what it is. They can't play in the in the playoffs. Um, but then Denver comes roaring back in that third period. They finally tie it up. But you think Minnesota State will be fine. They'll they'll take care of business. And they never scored again. And Denver just it just the floodgates opened. And Minnesota State fans went from twenty minutes away from a national championship to a five one loss. And I am no Minnesota State Man, uh, Mankato Mavericks fan. I'm not. I, I'm a Gopher fan. I don't like some of the flack I get, but it's it's okay, and it's it's innocent. You know, I'm not mad at Sebastian Barton. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. He's just poking fun, having fun. And it'd be nice to see them win at least one. I mean, for crying out loud, and freaking Denver wins their ninth. It's just like, uh, it sucks. It sucks to see. So that was disappointing. Good luck, Dryden McRae. Good luck, Ben Myers. College free agents heading to the National Hockey League. Iowa Wild actually were pretty solid this past week. Mason Shaw has been jumping up nicely now at 44 points. He's had multiple point games here. Mitchell Chaffee continuing to kind of chip away. Uh, Kaylin Addison chipping away now 29 points. Seven of them goals in 35 games. Actually, uh, he's yeah, he's been picking it up nicely. Connor DeWare continues to be just about a point a game guy in Iowa. Obviously, a uh, much, much bigger star in Iowa versus Minnesota. He goes from the fourth line to the top line. 
when it goes from uh, Minnesota to Iowa. Pretty impressive. Marco Rossi, a 50-point guy in Iowa with 17 goals. 50 points even in 56 games. Kyle Rau has been about the best player as well. He's one of the top players. Rau, Rossi, DeWare working together in different situations. It's been a beautiful thing. DeWare is either the top line or second line center. He's kind of both. Him and Rossi have been centers, and sometimes they play on the wing. Um, when they're together on the power play, uh, to work and play on the penalty kill, kind of everything. He's so valuable. And that's why he's an NHL player, because he can play on the penalty kill. Because um, he's not a top-line guy in the NHL. He's just not. But uh, Mason Shaw now at 44 points. Really nice to see him continuing to emerge. And he's only 22. Feels like he's been here forever, but he's only 22. And again, also, Zane McIntyre has been a wonderful, wonderful addition to the AHL's Iowa Wild. Love what he's done out there. 2.37 goals against average, 16-10 and 10 on the year. He's the Marc-Andre Fleury of the Iowa Wild. He's been wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Also love Marc-Andre Fleury's new uh, helmet. They compare it to Andy Moog's, Andy Moog, formerly of the Boston Bruins, even all the way back to Edmonton Oilers. He was the backup to Grant Fuhr, which not everybody knows. He was Grant Fuhr's backup. That's why he was, and he was really good. It was just one of those guys like, oh, he's bound to be a great starter somewhere. And he was a pretty good starter for Boston. It's interesting to think he was in the cup final in 90 versus the Edmonton Oilers, but they lost in five games. The Oilers won pretty handily. Mark Messier leading the way there for the Edmonton Oilers, winning a Stanley Cup. Uh, Bill Rainford and uh, Ken Dryden, or I just called him Ken Dryden, Grant Fuhr, the two goalies for that club. Again, Gretzky <laughs> centering the top line of the Los Angeles Kings at that uh, at that stage with the Yari Curry. So it is what it is. <laughs> Great uh Great memories there. Nice to see that cool helmet by Marc-Andre Fleury, Minnesota. Goal tender, of course, with a nice new helmet. Everybody loves it. Uh, you notice the Chicago pads were out most recently again because I, it's what I figured. The others weren't broken in enough yet. You needed to get a few more practices. I mean, you think a baseball glove is hard to break in. I can't even imagine goalie pads. Luckily for myself, I've never played goalie. I'm actually terrified of the idea. So, And now I'm 42. Forget about it. <laughs> 42 going on 43. So... Maybe I'd just be a casual goalie screwing around out there with, you know, yeah, with kids, you know, and as a soft puck or something, <laughs> something like that. Those little floor hockey pucks. Um, so guys, so kids don't get their wrists broken like uh, Matthew Zuccarello. Generally speaking, though, it's, I don't know, I mean, with the prospects, again, the Iowa Wild, nice to see them playing a bit better. Obviously, that feels great. Ryan O'Rourke. Ryan O'Rourke, Rourke, not Rorick, Rourke, 44 points in 49 games, 10 goals, just a little bit of everything there. He's the absolute undisputed leader for the Stu Greyhounds, Damon Hunt, love what he does, 17 goals, 39 points in 46 games for the Moose Jaw Warriors. Like they all have new uh, profile pictures up now. That's kind of cool. Pavel Novak. I've actually never seen his picture. There it is, Pavel Novak. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> this is courtesy, of course, of HockeyDatabase.com or HockeyDB. 72 points for Pavel Novak. Wow, 29 goals on the season for the Kelowna Rockets of the WHL. Pavel, Pavel Novak, amazing job, Pavel Novak. Vladimir first off, again, still not factoring in the points. He had a multi-point game in his second game in the AHL. Since then, nothing. Unfortunately, six games total for the Iowa Wild. Adam Beckman had been chipping away. He's now at 31 for Iowa. It's kind of cool to see everybody with their new profile picks, but still no pro profile pick for uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. Still got the Blackhawks jersey on. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. 
get a kick out of that. Yep, Carson Lambos, a new profile pick for him too. 10 goals now on the year, 35 total points. Well, uh, assists, pardon me, for 45 points. Again, a plus 40 for the Winnipeg Ice. Keep it up, Carson. Jack Pert, of course, eliminated in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Freshman year. Good luck in the coming year. It's going to be exciting. Kadian Benkir. Finally get to see what he looks like. 57 points on the season in 66 games. Yeah, Pete's definitely quieted down after a quiet after a good start. Kyle Masters, nice to see his picture finally. Still at 14 points, and the games keep piling up, and the points just don't. But he's a good stay-at-home guy with a great plus-minus. Josh Pilar, multi-points this past week. So two points in two games this past week. At least kind of something going a little bit. He was at four points in, in 14 games. Yowza. Now it's 6-16, six and 16, so good for him. Two goals, four assists, and he's a minus two for the Saskatoon Blades. Former, uh, formerly of the Kamloops Blazers. And Nate Benoit, no picture. Ah, oh, that sucks. Omaha Lancers, now multiple points. All right. He had nothing going last week. No points last week. Now he's got two assists. Good job, Nate Benoit. Good job. He's a minus five, though. Omaha Lancers, now instead of the Tri-City Storm, replayed 39 games there with six points. <laughs> Nate Benoit, multi-point week. Good job. That's incredible. It was like a point a week for Nate Benoit. Now two points. Hey, Nate, good job. Good job, Nate. Good job. <laughs> so that's your prospect update. We'll continue to keep up with those guys. With that, let's take a break and get to fan interaction right away. We are back here on Brave the Wild at Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild is your Twitter account. Let's get to the Vigit application or app on Apple and Android devices or app on Google devices. Android, Apple, Android, who cares? V-I-G-I-T is two separate words. I hope you know what Android is by now. Uh, <laughs> it is a fantasy betting app. Fantasy betting, like fantasy sports, fantasy this, it's betting. Social media for sports bettors, you can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting Leagues, a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sports book, bet-free coins, win real prizes. Betting stats, there's great information available on the Vigit Like Line movement where the public is betting. Again, this is not real money wagering, it is fantasy betting. But you can use it as a cheat sheet if you want to do real betting as well. And all that. So, definitely enjoyable there. Crypto.com, it is also an app on Android and Google devices and fun to trade cryptocurrencies. Shiba Anu, Shiba Anu has been on the tear this week because they recently went on Robinhood. So that actually helped bring that one up. But join Crypto would be great to uh, have you on board. There's a link in the show description. Also for Vigit, if you want to help the show, when you join Vigit, when they ask who referred you, put in Paladino Live. It's all one word. It's in the show description. Crypto.com in the show description also has a link That'll take you there, show that I referred you. It'll help this show and put $25 in your account. Shiba Inu has definitely been on a tear since it went on Robinhood. You can enjoy that run, quite possibly. Cryptocurrency trading is fun. It's it's not a guaranteed win, of course, just like anything else. Even real estate, obviously, is not a guaranteed win. It certainly wasn't in the late 2000s, as a lot of you remember. The latter stages of the Bush administration and all that, but it's not necessarily just his fault. It's everybody's fault. At the end of the day, everybody's fault with that one, including buyers <laughs> for not thinking straight, knowing that it was too good to be true, all that subprime BS. So, of course, again, it's not a guaranteed win with anything, but uh, 
yeah, it's about riding a positive run, jumping on board and jumping off, you know, that type of thing. Brave the Wild. Let's get to the uh, fan interaction segment. And I will be backtracking just one step. And I knew I was going to, th- thankfully, I was able to remember this. Because I was like, i got to get to what uh, Derek had to say. This is about Pavel Novak, who was the prospect of the week on uh, MNW Young Guns, MNW Prospects, Young Guns, but it's MNW Prospects on twi- uh, the Twitter. Uh, basically, that's the uh, actual Twitter account, Twitter feed. It's at MNW Prospects. That'll be in the show description. I think Novak leads all Minnesota Wild prospects with 67 points this season. Now he's at 70, so we had three more this past week. Uh, let's go back to what he did. I think it's higher. Actually, what am I talking about? It was 72. Yeah. Oh, my God. Five points this past week. He's just been unbelievable, Pavel Novak. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, he's way over a point a game. Can't wait to see what he can do. 19, uh, 19 years old, so I do believe he can be eligible for Iowa. Yeah, he's about to turn, in a couple days, he's going to turn 20. Ooh, yes. So, Pavel Novak, and he's already in North America. You don't have to worry about all that. It's Canada, but it's North America. Kelowna Rockets. That's like a British Columbia area. If I'm remembering correctly, it's Western Hockey League. But uh, one way or another, hey, he's in North America. So, it's not as tough as it could have been. Pavel Novak looks like a wonderful fifth-round pick by, uh, you know, Judd, Judd Brackett, Billy G, and Co. in the 2020 NHL draft. That looks like an awesome little draft there. The Wild five players there. Pavel Novak. He had three. He had five points last week. Five points this week. <laughs> Let's get to what Derek had to say about that. Uh, I think he's showing a lot of promise. I think it's wise to be careful of getting too excited about that kind of production. Yeah, I mean, I I feel you there. We've seen players go through tough adjustments from being a WHL scoring machine when they take that step to the AHL or higher. Knock, knock, Adam Beckman, right? Adam Beckman, right, Derek? <laughs> yep, and I'm sure some others as well. Very true. Very, 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 very true. I think the guy who adjusted pretty nicely, who wasn't a point to, you know, a point a game type of player because, you know, he's a solid defensive, was Ryan O'Rourke. I mean, what was he, 18 years old? He, he's, he held his ground pretty nicely in the AHL. So, and that was, you know, a, over, over a year ago. So, could be real interesting. Yep, Ryan O'Rourke, I think, is going to adjust very nicely to the uh, professional hockey level, you know, AHL to NHL level. I think he's going to be good. And I think, I'm hoping and praying Pavel Novak can do the same. I feel you, though. Everybody pump your brakes a little bit, but nice to see Pavel Novak picking it up. It's exciting nonetheless, rather than getting too crazy. Um, Derek says, got a question on your mind. So, well, question in mind now that we're heading into the last few weeks of the season. Ask Brave the Wild. Tag your questions. Hashtag BTW. And yes, please always do that. That way everything will be organized. As long as I'm smart and write uh, and click on the latest button. That way everything's chronological, you know, in chronological order. Derek of at Crease and Assist. At Crease and Assist. That is his blog. He's been doing it for 17 years plus. Absolutely fantastic job. He writes the reviews. His wife writes the previews of games. And other articles during the course of the season because there's other, and the offseason and such, the draft and all that good stuff. It's a lot of fun. Here we go. So, Derek says, what NHL team in the Eastern Conference do you think is the most formidable? What boss in any video game do you think is the toughest? Ooh, interesting. Okay, so what NHL team in the Eastern Conference do you think is the most formidable? Florida. Florida. They're... Florida. Oh, Florida. They're the Colorado Avalanche of the East, aren't they? They are, because, you know, the goaltending is kind of not that good, but they score like the Edmonton Oilers. (laughs) They score like the Edmonton Oilers, man. 
they're good. Okay, maybe Edmonton's a little bit uh, steep, but they're freaking good. I, I think it's Florida, and it's, I, I'm not trying to be lazy and make it easy, but maybe somebody might have thought uh, Montreal would be like, a, or Tampa would be an easy choice. Not Montreal. I'm looking at Montreal accidentally. 302 goals. They're scoring goals like no tomorrow. Bob is like adequate, you know, this and that. Spencer, Spencer Knight is 17 and 8, and Bob is 35 and 6. They're just winning games. Bob actually has three shutouts on the year. Hubert, 105 points. He is a stud. Barkov, 80 points. Sam Reinhardt. It's the Edmonton, uh, Edmonton, Edmonton Panthers. <laughs> it's the Edmonton Panthers. They're just unbelievable. What? Uh, how many points do they have? 100 and, oh my God. Oh my God. Even Toronto's got 100 points. Good job. Good job, Toronto. Hopefully they can make a run finally. It'd be about time. It'd be about time, Toronto. Stop losing, damn it. But, uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to beat Florida. I think Florida's, yeah. This might be one of those years where, yeah, the whole President's Trophy is overrated and the team always gets beat at some point in the conference final or even the first round sometimes. Like freaking Nashville, like Chicago that one year. That was hilarious. When Nashville beat them, <laughs> uh, remember the LA Kings beat a fantastic Vancouver team back in 2012 and they swept them and then they swept everybody except the New Jersey Devils at the very end but won the cup pretty easily as an 8th seed I don't think we're going to have one of those type of years I don't know Florida should be a heavy favorite to win the Stanley Cup and good for them good for uh, what a nice team and it would be about time for the Florida Panthers the only sucky part is Tampa Bay has 3 cups already so it's like Florida's not it's not foreign to have a Stanley Cup in Florida already. But it's a different franchise, completely different team, so we'll see what happens. It'd be like uh Minnesota State winning their national championship and, you know, yay, they finally got it, you know, that kind of thing. So or when Duluth finally did in twenty eleven and now they have three bastards. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> what boss in any video game do I think is the toughest, like the hardest boss? In any video game. Uh, Link's Shadow is way up there in Zelda 2. But I've kind of solved him. But for people that don't really... People that haven't really played it, he's got to be about as hard as anybody. You pretty much have to duck down the whole time and just jab away. Because if you're not jabbing, he's going to hit you every time. And if you're not ducking down, he'll get you every time. And, you know, you have to be literally crouched down, jabbing, nonstop. And your only hope is whenever he jumps, because he jumps all the time to try to jump over you or jump around is moving on him really fast, you know, just try to poke him real quick. But uh, that's way up there at the top. Um, I think the hardest boss in any video game is freaking Judge Doom and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. What the hell? What the hell? I mean, you could punch at him forever. You have to charge your punch forever, jumping around to charge it up. And then when you hit him, it's like, you know, his, 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 his power meter, his energy meter drops about as fast as a hair grows on a moose's something. That's what the AVGN would say, basically. It's unbelievable how many times you have to hit him. And every time he hits you, it's like one-fourth of your, your, your energy or whatever. It's unbelievable. I think Judge Doom, who framed Roger Rabbit, you pretty much have to cheat to beat him. It's ridiculous. And even when you beat him, you still haven't won the game. You have a, you have to race over to grab the, the, the dip hose, basically, and then shoot him with it. And if you hold the button down, he'll kill you in one punch. One punch. Yep, because he moves way faster when he gets up. After you knock him down, you get the dip hose. And if you're not pressing the button, but that's the only way you could beat him. It's im-frickin-possible unless you really know what you're doing. So Judge Doom, who framed Roger Rabbit. You're probably like, 
what? <laughs> no, but then again, some of you that have played that, you know, check it out. It's a fun. It's fun. The music is awesome, in my opinion. Derek Felska says lesser heralded players sometimes become postseason heroes for their respective clubs. Which Minnesota Wild? That's not presently on the team's top five scoring has the potential to be the hero for us. Postseason heroes. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Postseason heroes. So, yeah, that unsung hero in the playoffs. Yeah, I remember guys like, yeah, there have been guys like that in the past with like the Gophers and such, like, uh, what was it, Matt Kowalska? He wasn't the top guy, but he had that huge game-time goal, and Grant Patoni wasn't the leading scorer. He was one of the better players, but uh, Drew Larry's the next top five in overall scoring, but I remember he was a bit of a hero last year at times. Well, Boldy, you could say Boldy. He's not one of the top five scorers. <laughs> Wouldn't that be mean? I'm trying. Let's see. Who could be? Who could it be? In the past, you could have said Hartman, but you can't now because he's in the top five. I'm a, if I want to be cheap, I'll say Boldy, but I mean, he's almost a point of game guy, so that's kind of cheating a little bit. I don't think it's Dame. I really don't. He, I don't know. <laughs> Something about him bugs me sometimes, even though I, I like him, but. Maybe Greenway. Maybe Greenway will be an unsung hero that'll kind of pop up and have a big moment or two. It could be him. I think it could be Greenway. Um, that could be that guy. Obviously, Felino could be. He's officially sixth in scoring on the team. Spurgeon seventh. And Goodrow, you know, he's been quite a bit of an unsung hero during the course of the season. He's had a lot of clutch points. Oh, God. I'm going to go with... Freddie Goudreau, probably because of what line he's on. Guys like Fiala and Boldy helping out and such. I think Freddie Goudreau could be that guy. I'll, I'll go with him. Because he's had some big moments. He's scored some very clutch goals during the course of the season. Nice question, Derek, by the way. that Those kind of questions are fun. I like those. Make you think a little bit. Uh, during the Minnesota Wild-Nashville game, ouch, after all the fights early in that game, the Nashville game ops had their they're, oh, yeah, their organist play the theme from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. That's cool. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Should the Minnesota Wild start incorporating bit tunes like that for their in-arena music? Oh, I think you know what I'm going to say to that. Hell yes. <laughs> yes, please, please. That would be so cool. That would be so cool. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> the Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Oh, please do. Yes, please. Can, can we have a little personality out there, Minnesota? Yep. Stop playing hip hop music at a hockey game. I don't I just. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't like hip hop music. <laughs> you know. I think we hear enough of that everywhere you go. Everywhere. Can we? You know. Just yeah. I'm tired of hip hop. I'm I'm just being honest. I'm being blunt and honest. So uh, okay. And then Derek says, as a bit of a follow up to this, what bit tunes would you like for them to use? I do think Mike Tyson's Punch Out should be one of them. Ah. Uh, What's another type of... Oh, ice hockey for sure. You know, the ice hockey thing that you heard right before this segment. That should definitely be in there, right, as they're about to do a face-off. Wouldn't that be cool? Because that's kind of how it is. Like, it's the song kind of starts up right as you're about to do a face-off in ice hockey. Like, how cool would that be? Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> like, let, let's be honest. Um, maybe some Galaga, that... You know, some of the different... That da-da-da-da-da, you know, you've heard that play a bit as they get into the prospect segment. I think that should be in there for sure. Also, like, before a face-off or stoppage of play, something like that. 
Justin Caesar. I th- have, have I seen him before? I, I might have. He says, "Hello, Brave the Wild. Why do Predator player? Why do the Predators have the Wild's number this season?" I'm not sure. It's just a it's a bad matchup, I guess. And I swear, Ryan Johansson has just been a he's been a thorn in our side forever. He's one of the huge reasons. He had a hat trick. Uh, Kyle Grandlin knows a thing or two about this team, even though a lot of his former teammates are gone. But there is some of that familiarity there. Uh, they've played us many, 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 many times over the years. So it's been a rivalry that's built up over the course of time. It's an interesting, interesting matchup. It's it's the ups and downs of a rivalry. Like sometimes we beat them, sometimes they beat us. And then some years, you know, some years it's even, some years it's way lopsided. And it's just for some strange bleeping reason, it's a weird matchup at the moment. So that's the best thing I could come up with. Tom Hayen. Tom Hayen, welcome back to the show. The Colorado Avalanche have blocked you on Twitter. Wow, you are blocked from the following. At, at, at Avalanche and viewing at Avalanche's tweets. Wow, the Avalanche blocked him? The Colorado Avalanche blocked him. Must have been talking a little stuff. Where too much circle the wagons talk versus those, those Avalanches. They're, they're offended. You know, you can't circle the wagons versus the Avalanche. That's that's terrible. You can't do that. <laughs> uh Huh? Yep. And the, uh, I, I can understand what you're saying here. Ben versus, like, say, an Addison, right? Like an Addison or, you know, other choices. <laughs> Just about anybody else, right? Are you bleeping kidding me? Yeah, that's basically what he's... Yep, you put the words together there. I feel your feel your frustration there, Tom. Yep, this is a mini lightning round. I like it. Tom returns one more time says, Can we expect Valley Sports North to actually show the start of the game tonight, or should we be prepared for a rerun of the Lake Conference Dart Championships from Bunny in St. Louis Park. From Bunnies in St. Louis Park. Looked like they went that direction, huh? That's what it felt like. <laughs> but I do believe, no, it was on uh, It was on the plus. It was on the plus, yep. See, I, I had to watch the replay. That's, damn it. I had to watch the replay, but what a fun game. It, it was on the plus, thankfully. It's a good thing they invented that, but you know how some, some people may or may not have the plus in different locations. Brian Herrera says, when can we expect the next podcast with special guest Derek from at Crease and Assist? Look at you putting pressure on me, Brian. You're, you're, you're hurting my feelings. Okay, I'm just kidding. No, I love having Derek on. It's really cool. Um, he does a hell of a job, doesn't he? And Derek responds with, I'm your huckleberry. Yep. <laughs> I'm your huckleberry. Yep, like huckleberry hound. No, I'm kidding. Music Geek. Yep, at Darth Icky 42079. <laughs> I love that. Really stupid question, Minnesota Wild fans. When and if we get to the playoffs, are we going to literally lose our bleep when we actually get to the conference finals? I bleeping said conference finals. Hell, I want us in the Stanley Cup finals too. I do too. Um, I really do. I'm, th- I'm sure a lot of fans will, and I think that would be an absolutely wonderful thing. Music geek Darth Icky. I would love that so much. I would love that so much. I, I hope it happens. I hope we can go all the way. I keep looking at the the whole glass ceiling approach. You get past St. Louis, glass ceiling. It's like the stock shoots way up. Confidence is higher. You beat Colorado, the stock explodes. And you just might be able to get past Calgary. Where before, the confidence level versus Calgary probably isn't there. You get past St. Louis and Colorado, I think it explodes. K-Fan Girl jumps on board. Jody Helvey back on board. A few... Little uh, mini, uh, I think she has a miniature. Oh, it's just, nope, it's two, but hey, it's t- two is wonderful. Thank you, Kate, uh, Jody Helvey. She says, I thought 
the Nash game, like Nashville game was very strange. It seemed to me like the Wild were trying to show the Preds our, our new tough guys. Yeah, it really did, didn't it? And that we can goon it up. But I felt like we initiated it and it took us right out of our game. Your thoughts on that game? Yeah, it was kind of like when we tried to get stronger after losing to the Anaheim Ducks who went on to win the Cup, but they were a big, physical, skilled team that went on and won the Stanley Cup after crushing us in five games. We wanted to be a wannabe Ducks team the next year, and we were worse. And when we come with that approach, it seems to slow things down, and it doesn't really accomplish a whole lot. All it does is beef up the penalty minutes, and we're sick of penalty minutes around here. And our power play stinks, so you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot doing stuff like that. So those are my thoughts in that game. It's just literally shooting yourself in the foot. So, yep, great thoughts, Jody. One more from Jody says, why, or why, when, why, when we need a right shot, D-man, is Addison still sitting in Iowa? Yeah, amen. Yep, because Ben is a lefty. Ben can be terrible because, can be, can be terrible because he's a vet. Addison can't be terrible because he's a rookie. Addison has got to be better than Ben, right? Amen. I agree. I mean, I, they're just, I guess they're just going to frustrate us that way. Just like they did with Boldy last year, and Boldy looks damn good now. Hopefully, Kalen Addison is the same next season. I guess they're just going to frustrate us that way. That's just an unfortunate fact. Let's give this person a follow. Okay, here you go. All right, so, yeah. There's uh, the Music Geek one there. Derek, oh, yep, and then he shared... Jody Halvey, but yep, luckily that one popped up. Jay Bushy, welcome back, says, I really feel if we face the Blues, we need home ice. Your thoughts? I think so, too. I think so, too. That's why. That's what I'm terrified about. That's why you heard me kind of like going, oh, my God, I really hope so. Yep. David Carrier says, uh, I think the Wild need home ice in the playoffs. I do, too. And then I shared the uh, image of Kiruka Prisov eclipsing the 90-point mark. Mostly just uh, likes and retweets. Thank you for those of you that did. With that, we can wrap up the show now. And shout-outs to Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, getting that thing going, Chance Kostick, David Kostick, um, Kathy Main, Chad Walski, David Abraham, Michael Feck. Really appreciate that page. Great people there and lots of fun uh, fun hockey conversation. I think Jody Halvey posted on there, too. I, I might be wrong, though, but mostly on Twitter. I mean, I'm all mixed up with other people. Apologize in advance if that's the case. Uh, of course, Minnesota Wild, uh, MNW Young Guns, or MNW Prospects, really proud to be a part of that. But the two leagues that I cover have no prospects for Minnesota on them, unfortunately. The, the Q and the uh, British Columbia Hockey League, so that's just how that goes. And then you have teams like, uh, you know, but then you have the other guys like, uh, again, Paolo Bonet, who got things started. Justin Baki of the Sound, Heard po- Sound, Sound the Foghorn podcast. He's on that one, of course. Um, Brandon Quast does a great job. Chad Walski's joined on board at times. Really, really proud to be a part of that and looking forward to covering players in the queue and BCHL again in the future. If and when that pops up. Hopefully it does. Hopefully it does. I'm sure guys will emerge in that uh, in, in those leagues again. Need Billy Garen and Judd Brackett to take some guys from the queue and the BCHL. And you got to think it's coming at some point. I'm babbling. Apologize. Minnesota Wild Nation as well. Appreciate that page, Patrick Turner. Um, please write a positive rating on Apple Podcasts, Audible, or Stitcher. Those of you that have done that, thank you very much. Spotify has a star rating system. I'm not sure you can comment, just star only. But if anybody does, thank you so very much. Uh, you can also get on the show via audio submission. That'll be a part of Fan Interaction. You'd lead it off if you did that. Open your free, uh, open any free voice recording app on any smart device on the planet. 
press the button, basically press the record button, talk into it like a phone call, comment, go up to about five minutes or more if you really want to. Stop, save it, and share it to Paladino, share it or email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. That'll be in the show description. Also, I will then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to Zumzar with a Z.com. With that, wishing you a wonderful week. Go Minnesota Wild. Keep it up. Hopefully at least get four out of eight points, if not eight out of eight. That would be great.